0: start right there tonight. Exodus chapter 33 and we'll begin at verse 13. This was 13 when Moses was on a quest to see God. God had done great things in his life. God had called him to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. And now this is this conversation between God and Moses. Verse 13. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. And he said My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. That right there is a good place to say, praise the Lord. Me too. Aren't you glad that he promised to never leave us nor forsake us? That we not only can have that assurance that his presence goes with us. His presence is on us. But when we're believers, his presence is in us. And just knowing that Jesus lives on the inside of us, you know what it'll give you? It'll give you peace. It'll give you rest. Even in the midst of a horrible situation, in the midst of turmoil, we can have peace and we can have rest because we got him. Amen. Well, I thought I'd just add that. That's a good point. Amen. Now verse 15. Then he said to him, if your presence doesn't go with us, do not bring us up from here. Another point to stop right there and say, you know what? That's a good idea too. If God ain't in it, don't do it. If God ain't going, don't go. You know what I'm saying? That ought to be a model for us to live by. If I don't have the peace of God, I'm not doing it. If God's saying, don't go there, don't do this, then obey. Don't do that. We don't want to disturb that peace. Amen. So Moses knew, I'm not going to take on this task without you. If you're not going, I ain't going either. That's right. Verse 16. Yeah. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are on the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken. For you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. God knows you by name. Bible says He knows the hairs that are on our head. He knows how many are there. Some of you, the number's getting less and less, but He knows. Cause He cares. He knows everything about us. He knows us by name. You're not a number. To God. No. You're not just a, a stat in heaven. You're a person. You're his beloved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Knows you by name. Verse 18. And then this is Moses talking back to God. After God's already told him these wonderful promises. Then Moses says to him, please show me your glory. Amen. And this is God's response in verse 19. Then he said, God saying to Moses, I will make all my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Isn't it interesting that Moses said, show me your glory. And God's response was, I'll show you my goodness. Glory is the manifest presence of God. Glory is heavy and weighty with everything good. So we could say glory and goodness Are synonymous terms. They both describe God. When God shows up. With his manifest presence. Guess what? His goodness shows up. His kindness. His graciousness. His love shows up with him. Hallelujah. Glory is goodness. The goodness, the manifest presence of God. This account that we just read of Moses' passionate plea to see God's glory. It's one of the most intimate accounts recorded in the Bible between God and a man. Moses, we can see in his life, Moses had received God's promise. So that he would be with him to lead the children of Israel. Moses had seen God's power demonstrated and displayed. But in this account, Moses heart is being opened up and he's saying, I've seen, I've heard your promise. I've seen your power, but now I need to see you. I need you as a person. I need your presence more than I need your power. I need you in my life. Hallelujah. When we receive that kind of promise into our life, it's God saying, here comes my goodness. I got something awesome for you and I want to show it to you. I want to share it with you hallelujah it's not you know it isn't a a bad thing to have good things in our life it's not a bad thing to have possessions but what moses was saying here is lord i'm not seeking after things i'm not even seeking after your power i'm seeking you god wants us not to just be seeking his hand what can you do for me but to seek his face, to behold him. So God didn't get mad when Moses did this. He said, I can do this much. I can't, you can't see my face. You're not born again. If my presence would consume you, but I will show you my goodness. And when I saw that phrase, this just came up in my heart. I want to talk to you about three things about goodness. Goodness, number one, is laid up for us. Number two, goodness is in us. Number three, goodness will flow through us. Amen. Praise God. So let's look at number one. Goodness is laid up for us. Let's look at Psalms 31, 19 in the Amplified. Psalms 31, 19 in the Amplified. Oh, how great is your what? Come on, class. How great is your what? Goodness. Goodness. Would you have laid up for those who fear, revere, and worship you? Anybody in here a worshiper of God? Anybody in here called upon his name? You reverence him. You honor him. Then he's got goodness laid up. For you, for those who revere and worship you, goodness, which you have wrought for those who trust and take refuge in you before the sons of man. Throughout the Bible, the word great and the word goodness are often used together. It's a description of God. He is great and he loves to show His goodness. There's no end to His greatness or to His goodness. It's hard to comprehend just how good God is. But He is good and He is good all the time. And all the time God is good. If you try to explain to somebody how good he is and they don't know him, they can't comprehend it. It's kind of like we use food illustrations a lot here. You know, Pastor and I, one thing that we do like to do is eat. And we like to eat good food. So let's say you go out and eat with somebody. And you order this beautiful dessert. And it comes. Now, nobody get too hungry right now. Tis the season for cookies. I don't know. I've just been craving cookies and cocoa. I thought I don't know. Maybe I'm working on my Mrs. Claus belly or something. It's just like... I watched that movie, Santa Claus with Livy, and then I just want cookies every night. But anyhow, uh, but so here we are using a dessert illustration. But let's say you go out and you order this beautiful dessert. And you're sitting in your going, mmm, this is so good. This is so delicious. And you're trying to describe to the person that you're with. Now, if it was with my husband after the first mmm, he'd be reaching over and tasting it. But if it's with a friend and you're trying to say, yeah, there's something, oh, it's chocolate, it's caramel. And you're trying to describe it and they're going, yeah, what else do you think is in there? And finally, you just say, you're going to have to taste it for yourself. It is that good. I can't describe it unless you taste it. And that's the way that it ought to be about the things of God. Psalms 34, eight out of the message in the King James, it says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good in the message. It says, open your mouth and taste, open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed are you who run to him. You can't taste delicious food with your mouth closed. You can't taste of the rich things of God with your spirit closed. You got to open up your heart. You got to open up your spiritual eyes. And you got to say, I want to taste of the word of God. I, hallelujah, thy words were found. The prophet Jeremiah said, Jeremiah 15, 16, thy words were found yeah. and I did eat them yeah. and they were unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Pastor gets up here week after week. Uh, Whoever is preaching gets up here and we share the good word of God with you. And I love it when he preaches. This morning as he was sharing, I was getting so much out of the word of God. And every scripture, I'm turning to it and I'm going, yeah, that's good. But you know why? I was turning to it and looking at it with my eyes. It's awesome that he's got the word in his heart. And it's awesome that he delivers a good word. But we got to receive the word. We got to taste the word for ourselves before we can say with the psalmist, Oh, we shared that a couple, two or three weeks ago. Oh, sometimes all you can say is, Oh, and if you've really tasted of the good things of God, sometimes all you can do is, Oh, the Lord is good. And if you're around somebody that it seems like they're fired up and they've been eating more and they're happier, they have been having a real good happy meal and you've been having a bad day. Well, don't get mad because they're happy. You just say, well, hey, that word that they're eating is not just for them. I'm going to go get my happy meal, too. Hallelujah. I'm going to eat the word of God. This same passage in Psalms 34, 8. And I don't know if we have this translation. It's called the Common English Bible. So just listen if we don't have that. C-E-B. Oh, we, oh yeah, no, that's not the right one. C-E-B. C-E-B. So never mind. I don't think we have it. Just listen. Taste and see how good the Lord is. The one who takes refuge in him is truly happy. Yeah. Truly happy. Yeah. Truly happy. Yeah. Hallelujah. You can't have this kind of happiness, this kind of joy, this kind of peace anywhere else. Storms of life come to all of us. And I'm not minimizing that. But I'm just declaring by the word of the Lord, take your refuge In him, he can make you happy in the midst of a horrible situation. He can give you joy, joy that's unspeakable and full of glory, full of his goodness. If you'll just seek the Lord, if you'll just taste Of him and read his word. And this said, run to him in the message. It says, blessed are you who run to him. Too many people, when things start happening in their life, they run the wrong direction. They run away from God. They blame God. God is not the one bringing disaster. That is the devil. Don't run from God. Run to God. Take your refuge in him. And even if you don't understand why things went the way they did or why something horrible happened, say, Lord, I don't understand this, but I am going to trust you. I'm going to run to you. I'm going to take my refuge in you. And I thank you because I know you. I can be truly happy. Because you are good. When is the Lord good? The Lord is good. All the time. And all the time. God is good. Amen. Now the second goodness. Goodness in us. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27. Says this so beautifully. To them. God willed to make known. What are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles? Read that last part with me. Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, the hope of goodness. When God, when Jesus comes into our heart, guess what comes in? Goodness, the goodness of God comes And lives on the inside of us. And the apostle Paul is writing this here. And he says, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that God desires to make known this great mystery. This great mystery which was hidden through the eons of time but now can be revealed. And that is the fact that when we confess Jesus as Lord, the glory of God, the goodness of God, it's no longer just out here manifesting in the earth. But it comes into us. Christ in you. The hope. Of glory. How many of you in here have got Christ in you? How many of you in here got hope? Hallelujah. You got blessed hope. Because the God of hope will fill you with all hope in believing. Hallelujah. He's in there. Glory to God. Now that same passage, actually we want to back up to verse 26 out of the NLT, the New Living Translation. This message was kept secret. For centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. Hallelujah. If you're born again, you got this revelation or you should have it. And what is it? Verse 27 for God wanted them. He wanted us to know the riches and glory of Christ Christ. For you Gentiles too. Aren't you thankful that this gospel, this gospel which we preach, this message of salvation and peace and love is not just for the Jews. Jesus did not come just to die for the Jews. You and I got in on it. We're the Gentiles. We're the far off ones. But now we've been made nigh. By the blood of Christ. So the glory of Christ. It's for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Do y'all like secrets? Sometimes people say, I got a secret to tell you. But don't tell anybody. But oftentimes when you tell somebody a secret, they tell everybody. (laughs) But this is a secret. That Christ wants to be revealed. And it's this. Christ lives in you. This gives you the assurance of sharing his glory. It wasn't until the completed work of Christ on Calvary. Raised from the dead that this revelation came. Christ in me. You say, well, you're repeating that a lot. Yes, I know I am. Christ in me. And you ought to repeat it a lot as well. You ought to go over to our bookstore. We got a little book by Kenneth E. Hagin called In Him. And all it is is in him realities and truths. Christ in me and what I have (coughs) in him. Praise the Lord. If we had that revelation, our spiritual life. Would come up a lot. Because there's many Christians that don't know the secret. They haven't heard the secret. They haven't discovered the truth. Christ lives in me. Christ, the hope of glory, the goodness of God is in me. You can just know that mentally, but you've got to grab it with your heart. When we do, it's life-changing. You know, sometimes we hide things. We hide things from ourselves, and we forget where we've hidden them. You ever had that happen? I'm going to put this in a safe place, and then it's so safe I can't find it myself. Or, you know, just go back in time with me. Let's go back. To a time when we didn't have ATM cards and we didn't have credit cards. And let's say you tuck a hundred dollar bill away in a secret compartment in your wallet and you're driving down the street one day and you run out of gas and you go, Oh man, I don't have my ATM. I don't have credit cards. I don't have any money. I got to call mama. I don't have any way of getting gas. And then, you know, so you call mama or you call somebody to come and help you. A few days later, you think, well, I'm going to look, clean out my wallet. You start looking through your wallet. I had a hundred dollar bill. I put it in there. I hid it so good. I couldn't find it myself. I hid it from myself. But you know what? We, you can have something and people, we have so much in Christ. But it's a hidden truth. It's been revealed. But when something's hidden, you gotta look for it. You gotta discover it. You gotta dig it out. So, so many Christians—they've got these riches of Christ hidden, but they've forgot either where it was, or they haven't taken the time to dig it out. Before you can help somebody else, you gotta find out what you have. So you. Can share it. Let's look at verse 28 of this same passage. You'll see what I'm saying here. So we tell others about Christ. Warning and teaching everyone. With all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God. Perfect in their relationship. You know that people. Are your biggest treasure. In your life. And that verse is telling them. We need to find out what we have in Christ, Christ in me, the hope of glory. If you don't know what you have, you can't share it with anybody else. If you didn't know that you got a hundred dollars to buy gas or a hundred dollars to buy somebody a meal, if you don't know you have have it, you can't give it away. We're in a season here at Heart of the Bay, the joy of generosity, learning to have the heart of the father in a greater degree, that giving heart, the goodness of God is what we want to share with those around us. But before we can fully share his glory, his goodness, his love, we got to know God's good, good to me. We got to know I'm loved of the father. He loves me so much. Now I can give that love away. Goodness of God in us. Amen. Amen. Telling others what we know has happened to us. The testimony is still the best way to share with people. And especially if you're a woman. You know how to talk. What's that old saying about if you want something to get out? It used to be telegraph, telephone. Now it's woman, And it'll get spread around the world. So we should be blabbermouths for Jesus. Tell the story of what Jesus Has done in our lives. It's selfish not to share how awesome he is. And then the third goodness. Goodness flowing through us. The Bible does say this. That it's the goodness of God that leadeth men to repentance. And how are they going to see that goodness? I know some of you are looking at me like this is real simple and you're repeating yourself. No, I'm driving a point home. Goodness of God leadeth man to repentance. How are they going to see his goodness? Anybody got an answer? Come on, class. How are they going to see it? Through us. Our lives are the only Bible some people will ever read. They need to see he's good. He's gracious. He's kind. He's loving through us, displaying that to the world. Now, I want to look at, uh, we mentioned, I don't know if we did, but I want to mention Abraham. And I want to look at a conversation that he had with God when God was calling him out to step out in faith. Over in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 in the Amplified Now in Haran, the Lord said to Abraham, go for yourself, go for yourself, for your own advantage, for your own advantage, away from your country, from your relatives and your father's house to the land that I will show you. Verse two, and I will make you a great nation I'll bless you with abundant increase of favors. I will make your name famous and distinguished and you will be a blessing. This is where I got the title tonight. What's that say? Dispensing good to others. The third thing, God's goodness flowing through us. God promised to bless, to prosper, Abraham, But Abraham had to obey. He had to take a step of faith. He had to get away from his current situation. He had to leave what was familiar to him. He had to do something he'd never done before. What's that saying? If you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. Some of us need to change some things in our life. We need to change our attitude. We need to change and expand our spirit. We need to say, okay, God, I'm going to grow in you. I'm going to stretch this year. I'm going to step out. I'm going to serve you in the church. I'm going to step out. I'm going to give more than I've ever given, whatever it may be. If you want something different in your life, you got to be willing to make some changes. So God said, you gotta get away from this place. You gotta do what I tell you to do. You wanna, some of you need to leave that place where you've been stuck for years and years. And I'm not talking about your natural residence. I'm talking about a spiritual place where we can get stuck. It's time to come up higher. And that takes a step of faith. Sometimes obeying God comes with a cost, but the promise is this. The cost is never, ever greater than the reward. That's what happened with Abraham. A faithful man will abound with blessings. He was faithful to step out and to do what God had for him. God had a plan and his plan is always better than our plan. God said, I've got so much in store for you. I want to bless you. I want to increase you. I want such favor to come upon your life. I'm going to set you apart. You're going to be distinguished above all others. And people are going to know that I've been good to Abraham. And you're going to get in a position, he said, where you're going to be a blessing. And you're going to dispense Goods to other. That is our prayer. That's our prayer for this church. We've done well. We've been given to missions. We've been reaching out into our community. And I'm thankful for what we've been able to do. But I know that it's our heart's cry to do more. Do you want to do more for God? Has God been good to anybody in this place? Well, when we have tasted and seen of his goodness, then our attitude ought to be, Lord God, make me a blessing. I know you have blessed me so that I may be a blessing. I want to be a dispenser of your good to others. Is that your attitude? Well, that should be our attitude. Now pastor read this uh, portion of this this morning. And as he was reading it, I just clicked on the message translation. It's over in Philemon. There's only one chapter, Philemon chapter one, if you want to say that. But I want to begin reading in verse four out of the message. Every time your name comes up in my prayers, I say, Oh, thank you, God. He was hearing some good things about this group of people. I keep hearing of your love. The next verse. I keep hearing of your love. And faith you have for our master, Jesus. It brims over to other believers. And I keep praying that this faith we hold in common keeps showing up in the good things we do. And that people recognize Christ in all of it. I just spoke to me today that people will recognize Christ in all that we do, whether it's shaking somebody's hand yeah, at the back door, just giving somebody a godly hug or just smiling at somebody or are going over there and working in we care and giving out a bag of groceries to a person In a time of need in their life. Or going to pre-service prayer and just praying. Praying that God will, his spirit will be in manifestation. That the word will go forth and that lives will be changed. He said here, I keep hearing about your acts of love. That you're blessing other people. And he said, every time I hear about you, I say, Oh, thank God. Thanking God. For what they were doing to advance the work of God and the kingdom of God. Do you want that to be said of you? We want that to be said of our church. Oh, thank God for Heart of the Bay. They've been such a blessing. Thank God for those people that reach out with their hands and they minister life to people in a time of need. We've recently had several people that have gone home to be with the Lord and you know it's an awesome thing to be able to just love on people. You don't have to give them a whole explanation this happened for this reason or you don't know anyway. We don't know. And a lot of times we just have to say I don't know, but I trust God and this, I do know God loves you. And so do we, it's a good thing just to be there for people when they're facing something that's dispensing the goodness of God. Today, I witnessed out in the foyer, one of our church members, she's been here for many years And she wanted to introduce me to this lady that was been coming for just like three or four weeks. The lady has a lot of things going on in her life. But this church member, she went over to We Care. The woman had two bags of groceries. This church member was telling her places she could go to get help and to get shelter. She's living in her car. And this woman was just soaking up the love of God. Tears were in her eyes. I had never met her. Pastor had never met her. A church member over there at the information table had reached out and was dispensing good to her. Dispensing the love of God. And I saw that woman being lifted up. There was another lady. This all happened just today that I had met. She came up to me. And she was saying to me, thank you for this church. I've been coming about a month. She was homeless as well. But now she's got a job. Her husband has a job. Thank you, she's saying. She wrote a thank you card. And I know the church member knows who this is. She gave this person some money to help her through the week. Because she was living in her car. But she was touched and her whole countenance. Had changed. And she said. You know my husband. He's not a believer. But I know he's going to come to this church. Because he can't believe. How I've changed. And that somebody would actually reach out. In a tangible way. And help us. That's. The goodness. Of God. In manifestation. Didn't happen behind the pulpit. Happened out in the foyer. Happens out on the parking lot. Happens on BART. Happens at your place of employment. And both of these ladies that were able to help someone. You know what I saw on this gal's face today that was ministering to her? I saw joy. Her face was beaming because she was able to reach out. And help somebody. There's nothing like it. Now some of you are sitting here and you're saying. Well I'm that person. In need. And that's okay. All of us at one time or another have had needs in our life. And we've needed to be supported. We've needed to be undergirded with the prayers of the saints. That's fine. We love you. We're here for you. But even if you are that person that's in need right now, I want to encourage you. You can still reach out. You can find some way to minister. Doesn't have to be with money. Maybe if you got a little money, a dollar. It's not the amount. It's the heart. You can find a way to be a blessing. You can serve in the church. You can pray. Hallelujah. You can be faithful unto the Lord. Even if you are that person that has a need, God will meet your need. But don't wait until all of your needs are met to do something for somebody else. Yeah, that's right. Praise God. Start where you're at, yeah. saying, Lord, I want your heart. I want to be a dispenser yeah. of good. Yeah. I want to experience that joy of generosity. Amen. So that's what I had tonight. And I just want to have us all stand.